There are times when you feel like you're on top of the world and times when you feel like your world is falling apart, especially when you experience some kind of loss. When that happens, you've got to be really kind to yourself. If you or someone you know has experienced a significant loss of some kind, this episode is especially for you. And even if you're not experiencing it in the moment, you will at another time. So stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. If you've listened to my previous episode, you may recall I talked about how to deal with disappointment and recover more quickly. And this episode cuts deeper than typical disappointment. We're talking about grief or sadness, loss. And I think all of those emotional states are important to bring up in a leadership context because leaders are human. There's so much emphasis on leadership skill development, how to think strategically, improve your communication, uh, become a better problem solver or build your team. But you typically don't see as much out there on how to deal with emotions. It's a huge part of leadership and how you engage with people. The topic seemed to be gaining more popularity or at least more attention during COVID, during lockdown, when it seemed like almost everyone was more emotionally fragile. Um, one thing is for sure, we all go through tough times. In your leadership role, it may seem like you get an extra dose. I know that there's a lot of weight on your shoulders, and I know that you really care about being an impactful leader and doing your best work, or you wouldn't even be listening to this podcast. I've experienced my own loss recently. So I think that that was, again, you know, how I like to be inspired by a lot of the personal events in my life. I wanted to share a little of my my personal life because it's something we all experience on some level, a time when it's hard to get through the day emotionally. So to give you a sense of what I've been dealing with recently, see if you can guess what these things have in common. A dropped piece of ice, opening the dishwasher, taking a shower, thunder. No, it's not that there are all water elements involved, but that's a good guess. Uh, a few more clues, grabbing my keys, opening the front door to go out, a knock at the door. If you're a dog lover, you've probably guessed it. Those are actions that trigger some type of response in my dog, at least, uh, sweet Lucy that I had to say goodbye to recently. I'm only just now at a point where I feel like I can talk about her without crying. <laughs> she was my 13-year-old golden retriever. So all of those little daily types of activities triggered grief in me for the past few weeks. It's It's been hard to focus, but I feel much better now. I know a number of other clients and friends who've also experienced some form of grief recently. It's been more than usual. Um, another client lost her fur baby like I did. Um, I have other family members and friends who've lost close relatives and parents. One friend lost a son. So we're talking deep, you know, significant loss. So I wanted to offer advice that I share with clients and friends that I've had to practice myself. And for the sake of time, I'm only sharing a few, but would love to know what works for you. I'll share three thoughts you can think and three things you can do. Starting with the thoughts that you can think, because, you know, your thoughts are everything. They set the stage for all that you do. Um, number one is the thought that you are making progress. 
Even on days when you don't feel like you've made any progress at all, you're making progress in the long run. It just may not be in the form that you recognize. And you might even be able to hold an even more radical idea, which is especially hard for leaders to buy into, you know, but at the end of the day, it's really not all about progress. It's all about living your best life. In a previous episode, I I talked about Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, that I really like, and I'm guessing he would agree with that. So the first thought is to know you are making progress, no matter what. Number two is grief leads to growth. And, you know, this is my time to appreciate whatever I can. Instead of thinking of this time as this unbearable emotional experience, like, you know, grief has this grasp on you or you're trapped in it. Think of it as a time of self-discovery and exploration. It's actually a time of expansion. When you feel like you're contracting, instead, think of it as a time for growth and expansion. You'll discover parts of yourself that allow you to deepen your experience in your life to actually get more out of your life. You'll know you're growing when you're allowing yourself to move forward in ways that make sense to you or feel good to you, while not worrying about what anyone else might think. It's your life. So that second thought again is grief leads to growth. And the third thought is, I'm not the only one who experiences this. Doesn't it feel just a little bit better to know other people have been and are going through what you're experiencing? Maybe not the exact experience, of course. All of our experiences are unique, but the emotions are quite similar. You're not alone. Uh, Coincidentally, or maybe it was just meant to be, Last night, as I was working on this podcast that has so much to do with, you know, dealing with loss and grief, I got a call from a dear friend from college who I had not spoken with in decades. She reached out out of the blue to reconnect. I love it when that happens. And when we caught up, she let me know that her husband died suddenly last year and that it's been really tough for her. We talked a long time. So I think that that conversation was just meant to be. And so some of the advice I'm sharing with you, I shared with her as well. I just couldn't believe that the timeliness of our conversation. Three things you can do. Number one, I call it slow and flow. So slow down and let your emotions flow through you, whatever they are. I think you've got to change your pace. Usually in a leadership role, you're under a lot of pressure, you're moving quickly. So to be able to slow your pace and change your pace in that way is critical because you just can't think or process as clearly when you're trying to go fast. So you might need to let go of some things, shorten your to-do list or ignore your to-do list. Be willing to let go of some things for you to be in the flow. Releasing emotions without judgment is key. Don't try to suppress them. Suppressing your emotions is unhealthy and it can do more damage to yourself in more ways than one. So find healthy outlets. Talk to people that you trust. If you don't, you risk having a negative impact, not just on yourself, but on other people in your life and work. So again, think slow and flow. Number two, the thing you can do is to create more space in your day, even deliberate times for rest. I'm a huge believer in sleep, being able to take naps if or when you can. Eliminate what you can from your calendar, look through it, purge what you can, resist the urge to overschedule yourself. You may think it helps to be busy. I hear a lot of people say that. You just got to get back in the game. At the same time, you need to allow yourself to process whatever emotions need to move through you. Allow more space to let other people in. Grieving doesn't have to be a solo experience. Create time to be with people you really want to be with, those who can offer support or guidance or inspiration or just their presence. 
So create more space in your day. And then finally, number three thing you can do is move your body, listen to your body. Some people believe that, you know, wherever you're experiencing pain or discomfort in your body is an indicator of a specific emotional issue. If you, you know, if you feel lower back pain, that means one thing compared to, you know, feeling discomfort in your gut, you know, they, they reveal specific emotions or emotional blocks that you need to work through. So moving your body allows you to move energy And that's ultimately what you're trying to do. It could be uh, doing something as simple as taking a walk or just stretching. So move your body. Um, And one last point, a gentle reminder that you should not expect to go from an extremely low emotional state to a, a high one. Just like when you're sick, you want to feel well, but it typically doesn't happen overnight. You have to allow yourself to rest and recover. When you're sad, depressed, you want to feel happy. Again, it doesn't happen overnight. I like to think of it as, as you're turning the thermostat. It's gradually being adjusted. The temperature's gradually going up or down. I think it's really important to remember that the process is incremental. So many people say, I'm still not happy, but they're starting from such a low point on the emotional scale that it doesn't make sense for them to even do that. There's a whole body of work around the emotional guidance scale that I really like or variations of the emotional guidance scale. Um, Two thought leaders that I've been studying that are pretty well known for their work in that area are Abraham Hicks, if you're familiar with Law of Attraction by chance. And um, I also like the work of David Hawkins and his book, Power Versus Force. But I thought just as a quick exercise, what might be helpful is for me just to read the emotional guidance scale. This is the one put out by Abraham Hicks, so that you can determine where you fall on the scale, you know, to see how you might want to move the needle again, the incremental change, just moving from one emotion to the next, you know, trying to go through the scale uh, step by step is, is an important kind of um, orientation to have instead of thinking that you have to go from uh, a very low part of the scale to a high part. So I'll walk you through it. I'll read through the numbers. There are 22 different elements on the emotional scale, and I'm going to start at the bottom with number 22 and read them going all the way up to the top. So you can just get a, get a sense of, in general, of where you think you fall. I know when you hear these words, you might resonate with more than one, but try to get a pulse on where you think you, you are on this particular scale. Uh, just to play with me. All right, number 22, the first one, this is the lowest part of the scale, fear, grief, depression, despair, or powerlessness. That's number 22. 21 is insecurity, guilt, or unworthiness. Number 20 is jealousy. Number 19 is hatred or rage. Number 18 is revenge. 17 is anger. 16 is discouragement. 15 is blame, 14, worry, 13 is doubt, 12, disappointment, 11, overwhelmment, 10, frustration, irritation, or impatience, 9 is pessimism, 8 is boredom, 7, contentment, Six, hopefulness. I feel like I need to change change my voice as we go up the scale. Five is optimism. Four is positive expectation and belief. Three is enthusiasm or eagerness, happiness. Two is passion. And one at the top of the list, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation. So that's just, again, one one take on the different kinds of emotions that we experience. I think it's valuable to consider where you are 
and how you can move up. So how did you do? Where are you, where are you on this scale? Hopefully it helps you get a general sense of what's possible. And like I said, I really like David Hawkins book, Power Versus Force. He assigns numerical value to different types of emotions. Um, it's a bit more analytical. I think he calls it the map of consciousness. So that's another interesting resource to explore as well if you're interested in that kind of stuff. So the secret to self-kindness in my mind is simply being willing to be on the journey of self-discovery, to know that every experience, every emotion you have has the potential to help you grow, evolve, become stronger and better. So be in the moment. Don't get too far ahead of yourself, making up scenarios that you think will happen or trying to predict what could be next, especially when you're not feeling your best. I'm continuing to work my way up the emotional scale. I hope you are too, especially during those times when you feel like you're just in a really low part of that scale. I hope some of these ideas will help you do that. So remember, the highest point on the emotional guidance scale is love. And ideally, that's where we're all striving to be. I think my friends who wrote Love as a Business Strategy would agree with me. They did a a fabulous podcast episode with me, and I've now been on their podcast as well. So shout out to them. And I think it would only be fitting for me to share a, a beautiful message that I received recently from a friend. It's a great message for leaders and especially for dog lovers. Good dogs are with us for a little while to teach us how to love like it's our job, because it is. And I do think it's our job as leaders and as human beings. So practice self-kindness and give yourself a little more love when you need it. Take a breath and take it easy as you move forward, living your life and doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.